I give some guidelines like, hey, let's let's experience this fear that you have, right? So let's go up in a tree. And they will start going up. And I just want you to tell me once when when you are in panic, you know, when you arise to that point where you don't want to move a finger. Just let me know. I will be climbing with you, but not touching you. I will just take the distance, but you know somebody's here, right? Mm-hmm. And they start to climb up. And as soon as they enter in panic, they freeze. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to move. And that's specifically the point where I want to arrive. Um, so previously, I would tell them, okay, if you arrive to that point, don't go down, neither up. You don't need to move now. It's not because now it's not anymore about physical uh, movement. You see, you are capable of keep going up, but now it's just a reflection of your inner. Uh, how do you deal with things? everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. We have such a good episode for you today. Victor Manuel joins me on this episode. Victor Manuel is the creator of the Tarzan movement. That's Tarzan underscore movement on Instagram. He is a Tarzan coach and he literally coaches people to climb trees and to embody orangutans, make the noises, crawl in your hands and your feet and kind of tap into this primal sense, this animalistic sense that we have. And it actually goes a lot deeper than that. It it goes even to a more profound place, this type of coaching that Victor does. And we basically get into that in this episode. And he has some really great ways of kind of poetically describing his relationship to this Tarzan movement. And um, in a way, his, I want to say his vision, as far as like these values that you can rediscover through his practice, but I, I'm not so sure he would describe it like that. It's just very interesting how he describes what he does. And I can't really replicate that. So I'm going to let him do that in this episode. So I want you guys to enjoy this. I know you will. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we are also different types of thinkers, Victor and I. So the con- it was quite a challenge to interview him for me and I kind of acknowledge that in this recording and I think it's just a it was such a fun really a fun challenge and in a way an experiment to kind of try to relate together we're from different countries different cultures so it's a cool one it's an experimental one it's a good episode you guys enjoy it so I know there will be some new folks listening to this episode. Hi, hello to everybody, the new and the old members of this community. Hello, welcome to Root Awakening a Health podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the operator, owner, creator of Root Awakening. And Root Awakening is kind of like my house for all the self-development coaching I do. It's my house for this podcast. It's my house for my Instagram community. It's my house for my YouTube Root Awakening is my self-development company that houses, you know, this community and self-development techniques. So what I do is basically teach people how to get what they want in their life. I teach people how to make life even better. I came from a place where I didn't like my life at all. 
And very recently, I had a realization that, you know what, I am so in love with what I have built in my life to get me to the place to now where I love my life, <laughs> right? Like I'm still working towards stuff myself, but I have cultivated so many things in my life that I never thought that I would have. I've cultivated joy. I've cultivated happiness. I've cultivated a business that I love. So I teach people how to gain these things in their life as well. So I have several offerings. You can find them in my Instagram link in bio. My Instagram is emilys.rootawakening and root is spelled R-O-O-T. You will find courses in my link in bio. You will find workshops. I have a confidence workshop to teach you how to be confident in your life. I was never someone who could show up like on a podcast like this. I don't have a script right now, you guys. I'm just talking and I feel very confident doing that because I've taught myself how to do that and I can teach you to do the same. I also have a couple of group coaching courses. One is on manifestation. So again, just creating what you want in your life. And my other group coaching course is called the Type B Business School. It's how to set up your online business in a way that feels good to you. I do things in a very unconventional way. I don't keep an alarm clock. I work late at night if I want to. If I don't want to, I don't work. <laughs> I play life by my rules at this point as much as I can. And I work towards like playing life by my rules 100% of the time. And um, I teach you how to do that. Plus, I just know how to set up an online business really well. I figured out what does work, what doesn't work in my business. So I teach you that. And then I give you a lot of space to experiment in your own process. And it's also a community. We share one big community group. All of my group coaching members, no matter which group coaching course you are a part of, shares one big community group. And I give you coaching support in that group. It's a weird concept to wrap your mind around, but you truly get lifetime access to this group. So for however long the internet is up, <laughs> you will have access to this group coaching course. So if you have any questions, you can check out the show notes. There are a bunch of ways to contact me. Just follow me on Instagram, emilys.rootawakening and DM me if you would like as well. I love you guys. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. I'm really stoked. I'm really, really stoked to have this guest on. Victor Manuel is here with me on this podcast episode today. Victor Manuel is the owner, creator of the Tarzan movement. So on Instagram, he's Tarzan underscore movement. He's a Tarzan coach. I don't know that much about him yet, but I'm really excited to learn more about him. And uh, Victor, you'll have to correct me if I describe you in a way that isn't super accurate. But as far as I know, my, my guests, um, excuse me, my audience members have turned my attention to you in the past couple of weeks. And I've, I've checked out your stuff a little bit and they requested to have you on this podcast because they're really into your stuff. And it's seems to me like you're trying to get people back to their, uh, like their animal roots. Like you help, it's kind of like primal therapy in my eyes. Like you help people get back to imitating gorilla and chimp. And um, so literally there's videos of you climbing trees and, and crawling on the ground in your hands and knees. And to me, this hits me in a very intuitive way. Like it makes sense to me why you would have this Tarzan movement, but I would love to have you explain it to us a little bit better. But Victor Manuel, welcome to Root Awakening, a health podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. <laughs> yes, this is me. Um, and as you say, it kind of, uh, the philosophy goes sideways 
Um, so it does not follow one specific direction. It's neither physicality or just mental health, but uh, perhaps it's a combination of many. Um, it's like to address many different uh, needs that I identify in in this society, but yet it uh, it comes all the way to our roots um, because um, I recognize like there is, um, how do you say, there is a lot of distinctions from all animals, including us. So there is the first thing, which is the resistance to consider ourselves animals in the safe place, in the mm. same, in the first place, you know? So I seen this, uh, already this, um, saying this is like a big hit for everyone. It's like, hey, what the, f I'm not an animal. What do you mean by mm. we are animals? Well, yes, we are. We just, uh, you know, kind of specialize in a different way. And product, uh, as a result of this uh, specialization that we have just um, bring quite far, like we are so smart and we produce intelligence and we do so many amazing things. Um, our brain, from the way I perceive it myself, is like, you can be the entire day thinking if you if you don't even take care about this so and this thinking motion this uh, will that uh, don't stop it does not make space for other things that we require let's put it in that way so one of these things would be like the the time the time and the space to recognize um what is out there you know what is what the person is telling you, which would be like, listen, how do you listen? Uh, or how do you watch uh, while somebody's speaking? Are, have you seen, are you really capturing those details from the person in front of you? Or are you trying to really understand what the person is saying? You know, these things or the, the tree that you have in front of you and you pass by every day, have you ever ever stop to to watch the details you know or you go too fast that not even your brain have access to this uh, ability you know mm -hmm. so there are many things nowadays that make more and more uh, uh, difficult to stop and if you does and if you do stop sometimes you you don't have even the connection with your with your attention you know this which is there and now is uh, you can hear it in somebody else's speech, but it still is kind of uh, foreign, foreign, from, like uh, you don't really recognize where's the link. You so many people can't have attention. It's like for them is is uh, something strange. Like what are you talking about? This mm. silence, attention, this all these words, but I can't do it. So what? You know so. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to address the problem from from the physical part by training people, but within the training, which we do carry on on trees and more into nature, and we go camping and we do fire and we are in community and we sleep in hammocks and do all this movement that look like primates, apes and, and all. Uh, within that, you create um, another space, a space for listening, for friends, space for communities, for contemplation of the basic elements 
and you are in the open air and you know so it is like um, a side effect of the practice to find yourself in a suitable situation to open up and make it and make um, and make room for some different state of mind to arrive to arise right mm -hmm. um i feel like this is an start pointing an start point for many people you know starting to recognize this uh, possibility and find themselves in in those uh, situations from time to time give them the like an opportunity you know like to repeat it and then eventually they don't need me or they don't even need the the tree you know it does mm. it just comes up in different situations so i don't want to to address the task and movement in a way that I become um, someone to follow, but rather I want them to figure out by themselves, you know, while we share in the practice or while we go to the forest and they might figure out themselves with the tree. You know, I just create a space and that's pretty much my approach uh, in the practice, yes. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. That's interesting. What I'm hearing when I hear you describe this, what you've built for yourself here, is that there's another end goal, like there's a deeper, more profound end goal that could involve like presence and being in tune with nature. Would you say that's kind of your overall goal with this? It's maybe not so much to like the goal isn't the end goal isn't to be embodying the animal the end goal is is deeper that than that deeper than um going through those animalistic movements it's embodying a different frame of mind like how would you describe that what your end goal is with this movement i think that um to have an end goal already kind of limitates the thing itself you see yeah i I offer simple things, simple experience, and we often gonna see that one person reached certain state of mind and another just stay in their surface because perhaps the fears are so strong or the concerns about people is watching me or maybe my skin is gonna scratch and I don't want to feel that. I want to remain in the comfort. Or... So I don't, kind of have a goal, specific goals. For me, if a person start to to consider uh, to come or change um, a specific habit of their life, let's say, hey, let's get together and play. Let's gather together and play. That's already like, it's not my goal. It's, it's already like for that person that have become quite something. You know, it, it is remarkable that uh, she or he or whatever find the way to start moving right so in that process when you come you might figure out many many as you unlock states of mind let's call it like this for now you might find you might find that there is a amazing things to to see yet right mm -hmm. so embody an animal or embody your own your yourself animal yeah 
it would kind of show you and it would create a, a link with something which inside there and or outside there or whatever somewhere in between um so i don't want to have the goal of bringing somebody else attention because it's already i recognize this is something that doesn't work like this and mm -hmm. not a guru and this is not my uh let's say dis disciple right so that's not the the role that i that i put myself I just share wherever my experience have bring me to 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 live in in my life, and I kind of share uh, also like um, the ways that I I have come to to this, you know, like the the how has been how is possible that I have getting touch, let's say, with these feelings, with this. Uh, states of mind you know mm -hmm. but i would not pro promise by any chance somebody uh, to somebody else uh, hey you will come and then you will experience this state of mind mm -hmm. you don't know how problematic how problematic it is for this person to to arise there or you know to quick change or so it's it's psychologically speaking it's very hard there is so many resistance in the in the way we live and the way we think in the in the mind itself who hold all this thinking process as part of of a deeper thing of a bigger thing so yeah i don't know if i'd make it clear or make it more difficult to understand i think it's interesting how you're describing it and i think it to me it says a lot about your personality like you it to me it seems like you have these core values, like you have some some sort of values here, right, that you're applying, because why else would you put your energy into this? The way that you're describing it, I think, tells me that you have, you have a, a an evolution or, or a change or some values that are driving you to create this, right? Yeah, there is an input. Um, I would not call it compassion. Compassion? Compassion? You say compassion? Mm -hmm. Compassion or or an ending goal. But there is a drive. There is a drive to share it, for sure. Yeah. And this drive has been there from the times that we used to just play in the park with some friends. Mm -hmm. um, now I create this movement as um, as an extension of that experience where somebody else will ask me, hey, hey, would you teach me how to do this movement? I really like it. There's something there, you know? Or, you know, I want to be in the tree with you, but I'm concerned about this high or this or that. And hey, come and share with you this. It's not that difficult as you see, you know? So did it start like this? It overcome uh, the situation, the, the physical situation, because it goes on other areas of our life, like, how we share with friends and all. So, friend of mine asked me to, if you do this on regular basis, you know, people appreciate it. You're always sharing this. Why don't you make uh, yourself like more into the middle of this? You know, like not just sporadically, but don't put, why not to put a little bit of structure to this um, approach that you have? So you can, we can, we can have a little bit more of this that we appreciate 
but also you can make a little bit more more wild, more white, white, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how it starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. Okay, I want to learn more about how it started for you and what drew your attention to doing this. But first, I'm curious if, do you know what your purpose is in life? Does this feel like your purpose in life? Purpose in life. You see, early we, we were discussing about time. Uh, so <laughs> life concepts will involve a conception of time, which I don't share, which means <laughs> more than considering, considering the you know days and months ahead or years or or a f or a full introspection of myself in la in time you see so for me uh, it's not like that often I found myself thinking about the past or the future but it's more like I'm sleeping you see sometimes I wake I say okay there's nothing like that. It's just here, I'm here, okay, let's do something or, you know, or do nothing. So um, I recognize that part of my um, human experience, it consists in to have um, an, an identity and it does has to do with what the path of this identity will go, where in this way or that way. But um, most important, most what is more driving me right now in, in this life experience is actually how do I, what things do I prefer to share, what things do I do in regular basis here now. So um, it's more like that. I focus my energy on that. Like, how do I want to, what do I want to do today? You know, what do I? Do I want to give it, give this podcast to these people? I do resonate with this. Let's do it. Okay. Now let's enjoy it. And it's pretty much like this. It kind of take care of the what is coming next for themselves. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful way to be. So you're very, Victor. You're in my perception. You're very present. You, you're to me one of your. It seems of a value that you hold is to to be present and just enjoy and before we started recording Victor and I were talking about timing and he was saying well I'm not so good at like this type of schedule and being very structured and I said oh I don't really even believe that time exists but I keep I keep a appointments because I want to meet at the same time with someone intentionally I didn't say that in the moment but that's true and we both kind of agreed that we didn't really believe in time. And it's it's amazing yeah. to talk to you about these concepts because you, to me, you are so die hard in my eyes compared to typical society in the United States. I'm in the United States. You are very die hard. Let's be in the moment. Let's not have any expectations. Let's not worry about the future, the past what is bringing me joy right now? Would you say that's accurate about you? I would say that um, we live in a society and we share things in society. So if you have the ability to have a wide perception where you consider time as part of the human experience, 
it means you recognize something else, right? So you recognize time as well as no time, right? As part of the states, different states that we can embody, let's say. So if I take a bottle of wine in a very nice experience time, I would bring myself probably to a very different state of mind, right? But that state of mind would not be the same as, let's say, I'm worried about something. So these two different state of mind, for me, they're not black and white, but they are also part of something greater, which is like, what can the human experience, what land we can bring our human experience, like what all the things that they, all the brain states or mind states that we can experience. So, so time for me is part of a wider picture, right? Yeah. Now, time in the regular sense is more like in a tool, a tool that we have created around, around the clock, around the systems, around the calendar, you know. I don't really need that tool. Maybe I use it in the same way you do, like social speaking, it does sense to me that at the moment, you know, otherwise it's going to be like guessing when you're going to be online, yeah. me, whatever. <laughs> uh, but if, he, if I allow this structure, this limited structure, because as a structure, it is limited, like every other structure. If I allow that this small structure, um, you know, like make my life, or if I allow this take over my experience, so it means my experience itself is going to be as limited as the structure it is. Mm. So I want to use wisely this structure, but not allow the structure to take over, you see? Which means it's not like the structure is outside, it's part of me, but I, I don't want to experience my life just that limited. Mm. So, yeah, you use it, you take it down, you use it, you see? Oh, part of the many other things that you can use during the day. Just the totally. wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a great point to make. And this is something that we talk about a lot in my community, how things aren't black and white, but it's easy to try to make things black and white. Like either, I guess in this example, it would be like totally abandoning time or completely living by time and perhaps allowing that to be limiting. I think things are always black and white. Uh, excuse me, I think things are always in the gray area. And when we try to make them black and white, it doesn't work. It, it divides people or you, you're divided yourself. That's just one of the biggest concepts that I've learned that has changed my life. <laughs> like after doing therapy, Therapy taught me that things aren't black and white. And that's one of the biggest concepts I love to talk about right now. And it's cool that you, that you brought that up. So I'm wondering if you've always had this approach to life. Not really. But uh, neither I was completely involved in society, which means that from early days, I've been always kind of sensitive to the aggressivity and manipulation or things that we give for granted in society um but things simple things like family for example mm -hmm. i've been questioning them 
from early days like uh, I couldn't put together somebody who loved me with somebody who who tried to manipulate me or, or tried to convince me or things like that they were two different two different things for me like how could you say uh, you feel something amazing for me at the same time you're trying to bring about change on me which I don't want mm. so but later in life I do recognize these things can happen because of our um, wide variety of state of mind so I as I feel we can we can kind of um, embody aggressivity and we can kind of uh, try to defend or be aggressive or be all these things and at the same time we can also um, feel things feel things from emotions or you know from for somebody else and they all come together the same you know you can i'm making my I'm making a mess of myself right now. Maybe the English <laughs> things. Um, okay, what I'm trying to say is that we do um, variety of things, but we do it from a place that we are not conscious. So it's like we have learned to do many things, behave in many ways, mm-hmm. but when we do it, we are not in an attention position, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. So when you are in an emotion rush, screaming or crying or something, we are not aware of this, right? And just as I was not aware of this, I will feel like this experience was wow. Like, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm on fear. But I'm not aware I'm in fear. It's like be in a cinema watching the movie, but I'm not aware that I am sitting and watching the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So wasn't until I start to feel like, okay, this is an interesting movie, just like the next movie who will come after. But here I am watching this movie and okay, I can see the details of this movie now. I can recognize myself feeling this, and I don't, it's not like I want to stop this movie going on, but I'm just going to be here watching this movie and, you know, learning about myself or myself, uh, humanity or, you know, life, um, animal or whatever, but not with that specific attachment that bring my whole world apart. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so you're, from that, to me, you're describing consciousness. Okay, maybe. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like, I'm not that, I wouldn't say, um, I'm not that study in those terms. Like, uh, maybe, most probably you are right. For, for perhaps you have been studying these things. I, I have no certainly about those terms. Like, I will have to go to dictionary and say, oh, what is consciousness? Oh, conscience means this and that. That oh, maybe this is that's what exactly what I was saying, you know. So uh, yes, if I want to go accurate, I will go to the dictionary <laughs> or, the, or the roots of the words. But um, yeah, I'm just more talking about my uh, experience perception. 
Um, it is like that, yes. It is kind of it. Uh, it does allow me to to recognize things. Um, so if I feel fear or if I feel like somebody's trying to take over me or somebody's deceiving me, being whoever, I will kind of take the the moment. Uh, my 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 brain will kind of blow up in the moment with attention at yeah. the full length. And that experience is what uh, bring about me, bring me about a certain clear, clearness, clear, clarity yeah. of what is going on, while is going on, and not from the memory of this experience. Yeah. 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 So to me, and I, it's part of what I do here is just to try to understand what my guest is saying right so when you're describing these things you're you're do i think that it's such a you have such a poetic way of describing these very relatable experiences and to me it's it's very beautiful and i want to make sure i understand i don't want to i don't want to sum up this beautiful statement that you're saying in one word but i want to connect it to my the way that I think about these similar experiences. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, go uh, ahead. It's interesting. Yeah, so so what you're describing to me reminds me of my experience with like meditation. And I don't really meditate these days much, but to me this is very spiritual what you're describing. And in my words, I would say that it's like, I, I want to use these spiritual terms like consciousness and being the silent observer. Like that's a, that's a really common phrase when I've learned about meditation. I hear a lot the phrase being the silent observer and you kind of practice that in meditation and the whole value there is to allow you to observe what's happening from like a higher, a higher consciousness or a higher point of view as if you were the third person. And to me, why that's helpful is, I, and I think it's similar to what you're saying, you don't get wrapped up in the moment subconsciously, right? If you're aware, like if you're having the awareness of, of you and the other person that's creating the experience with you, then you can put yourself in a position to maybe make make better decisions or to not get so wrapped up in the moment that you're totally consumed by it because that's been that's been a place that I haven't really wanted to be before consumed in the moment um and I think I think be I think being consumed in the moment can kind of like uh it can it can allow me to tap into somebody's energy like if, if they're in a certain if somebody's really angry in front of me and I get too consumed in that moment, then I start to become angry. Their, their emotions are rubbing off on me. But if I'm like the, the silent observer, I'll use this term, the silent observer, and I have this higher consciousness, then I can look almost like a, a third person at me and the other person. I can put things into perspective and I can say, okay, I see that this person is angry and I see that this person is making me angry. But like you said, with like the film you're watching and you'll go to the next film, this higher consciousness point of view inside of me can say, 
okay, I can see that this situation is angering a part of me, but I know that like, I don't have to be totally consumed by this anger because I can surround myself with other people or I have all these other options. So what you de- what you're describing to me is like very spiritually deep, uh, but at the same time, it's something that I think we're all capable of to like, basically it's like a detachment and uh, an ability to be aware of not just what's happening in front of you, but what's going on inside of your head as well. Does that make any sense to you? It does, it does. Uh, uh, I think that I don't often use the words, those big words, uh, because everyone has a different meaning for them. Mm. So it makes kind of difficult the uh, understanding um, and somehow, because of my practice, I was allowed to see um, how people come to this state of mind without me even talking, right? So sometimes we, I told them, like, I give some guidelines, like, hey, let's, let's experience this fear that you have, right? So let's go up in a tree. And they will start going up. And I just want you to tell me once, when, when you are in panic, you know, when you arise to that, that point where you don't want to move a finger. Just let me know. I will be climbing with you, but not touching you. I will just take the distance, but you know somebody's here, right? Mm-hmm. And they start to climb up. And as soon as they enter in panic, they freeze. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to move. And that's specific the point where I want to arrive. Um, so previously, I would tell them, okay, if you arrive to that point, don't go down, neither up. You don't need to move now. It's not because now it's not anymore about physical uh, movement. You see, you are capable of keep going up, but now it's just a reflection of your inner. Uh, how do you deal with things? Um, Usually, a person will go further, put, putting themselves on risk, or it will go backward, uh, consumed by the fear, mm-hmm. right? Or it will start to try to find logic or, in many ways, mm-hmm. um, some kind of solution to the to the what is happening. You know, trying to understand or from wherever intellectual have been learning. So, because I don't want to create a method or um or or let's say a link with me i want the person to to become completely self-sufficient of the experience um i just ask them to remind them so what i have the the miracles that, that i have been is a how do you say like uh, like when you are close to somebody else, witness, witness, uh-huh. is that you are full on your fears in that moment and you are shaking, you're freezing and your brain is full of this mobile or water, but it's taking all the space of the brain or, you know, so there is no room for any other thing. It's like too much mm-hmm. but then as the person reminder without escape or carry on this will settle 
this does settle. And then eventually, everyone on their own time, you can see how the attention get back to where they are. Mm-hmm. To to kind of to a kind of a presence which is which is new for them. Like, okay, here I am. Oh, this leaf, this bark, this detail here, this position where I am. So you see, I don't ask them, I don't tell them how to deal with this. It's just to remind them to to allow for a space, space for 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 attention to arise, right? Mm. Now, in what I do is very uh, graphic. It's not like they are telling me what they are feeling. No, I can see it because mm. it's, it, it has to do with the high, it has to do with the tree. So you can see how the person start to focus in different areas of the tree and they become anxious, so they want to move. Mm-hmm. And when they move, they move up, mm. right? So it means already the blockage has uh, find itself solution its own solution, mm-hmm. you know. So that energy is it's not there paralyzed. They start to be again physical active and they move, and then they come down. And when they come up, it's like they never had fear before. Mm-hmm. Uh, up, down, up, and down. I say, okay, now you figure out some kind of way to. Uh, to deal with with the difficult situation like fear is, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully, if that person um, have the um, enough um, allow themselves to to translate this into their life with some with any with a problem of any nature, it it it, it remains the same conflict like. If you allow yourself in a conflict situation to to make a space for some kind of a different attention, mm-hmm. and that occurs, um, then it's like you say you you arrive to a different perception of the problem, and so it's not that rush of everything's impossible and what is this and quick reaction or things like that. No, so you don't transgress, you don't go up or you go. On, do or down you know or backwards just remind us um yeah a song to sing (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so it's very profound for me to hear and it's um i'm just noticing so many things in this conversation victor it's really interesting like you're you're a very interesting podcast guest um and i find myself wanting to I find myself wanting to intellectualize what you are saying to me. And I'm realizing that you, you, that's not how you approach life. <laughs> it's kind of, it's like how you are, you're, you're helping people to not do that so much. And I think um, it's just, to me, it's like, uh, it's like, how things just are like it's how we just are you're kind of you're observing how people just are and it's it's such you're such an interesting person to interview because part of my job is to kind of intellectualize someone to help more people 
understand them or to help me understand what you're saying. And um, you are very, oh man, I, I like, it's hard for me to describe. So it's, I'm just having fun hearing you talk the way that you like to talk about what you do. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm processing it like I'm processing it in my way. And to me, it's an interesting mesh of our two personalities together. And also cool because I would, I would consider myself an, an intuitive person and I don't really see myself as very intellectual, but it's just interesting what's coming up in this conversation. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, you're very, you're such a unique person to me. So, and I, I, we will get to how you, how you started all of this with the Tarzan movement, but, but I'm still, I want to, I want to probe a little bit more at, at who you are. And um, I'm wondering, do you find it easy to relate to other people? So you're in, you were just in Cuba and you're in Spain, but you spent, you live in Spain full time, right? Yeah, I do. Do you, do you mesh with just anyone you meet off the street, do you find it easy to relate to them? It is kind of easy, yes. Yes. It is um because you get to see them straight ahead. You know? Yeah. So if you see somebody has limitation, how could you be mean to someone? You know? Yeah. It's like you're seeing his limitation. You see how difficult for him is to behave in a different way. So that's it. Now, what I do find hard is to perhaps share uh, with someone who can see me straight in the same way I'm seeing them. Mm -hmm. So I find myself lonely in so many ways, right? Not lonely in the feeling, but I don't, I don't share with so many other people that can, that that see you, you know, or that um, perceive you. I can see so many people, majority of the people, uh, caught in their thoughts all the time. Yeah. Even on conversation, it's hard to come by uh, with people who who take the 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 whole attention to to figure out. Why are you saying, or what is being saying? You know, yeah. Not specifically because you said, but what are we talking here? Can we explore together this? You know, all these kind of things. I found that um, they are hard to to share. Um, so maybe I'm not in the right place, or <laughs> or uh, it's so full of inattention around and fears and things like that. So it's not difficult to share with people. It is rather easy because you understand the patterns and everyone is kind of following patterns all around. But yes, it kind of, I can feel the limitation. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. You yeah. can feel the limitation with people who are, who are very intellectualized and very in their head. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm curious because because I think and I know that Spain is much different than the States. It's like when I was there, it just seems like the pace is different. It's a lot more chill. 
maybe a little bit more chill with time too. In the States, it's pretty, I mean, the States might be a little more less chill than Germany, but it's pretty um, fast paced. <laughs> and so okay. to me, to me, everyone I'm around here is very, very, I would say intellectualized. So that's why I asked that question, because I was curious if you find that most people that you talk to, you're like, okay, since I don't approach the world in a super intellectualized way, I'm finding it, I'm finding it difficult to just have an intuitive conversation with people. I personally find it just with anyone off the street here, I find it hard to have an intuitive, uh, like, like, yeah, intuitive conversation or for example, like you said, just to play with someone like like you just want to go play with someone. That's hard. That would be hard for me to do here. I would have to find a, a I know specific groups of people, but just anyone off the street, it would be hard to do because they would be they would be in their head or not be willing to be like emotionally open. Oh. To, yeah, to, to me, for me, it's maybe less I'm not maybe not as playful but I'm very emotionally vulnerable. So I want to have conversations that are really deep with people and they don't usually want to open up to me. So with, for me, with anyone off the street, I find it difficult to get to that spot that I want to be with, with other human beings. And that's why I asked you that question. If, if you find that most people just off the street are, are intellectual and you, you find yourself kind of wanting to take the experience with them to a different place that maybe they're not willing to take it well i think in regular base uh, my very appearance and the way i dress or or not dress as it should be or whatever it's already created boundary for many people mm. or the or uh, or even seeing people in their eyes or watching them is already conducted like uh or recognized as uh, an invasion of the private space or something, where it is such just curiosity, you know. You don't ask a pigeon, just don't look at me, pigeon, you know. Uh, so, so attention or curiosity, they are considered things allowed for kids, animals, but not between adults. The people find uncomfortable this kind of. Uh, um, interactions in general terms mm. or already trigger some kind of ideas about oh, what is this person want with me what is looking after you know where you might be drawn by the way that they are, uh, this was like this I don't know some details that you know mm. so I think that play like physical play is a different uh, channel of communication, which is even easier than um, intellectual understanding or um, let's say um, a listening a conversation, no? Mm -hmm. We were just mentioning. So when we come together, physically speaking, in the park, or it's like there are people who resonate with what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. So that resonation has very little to do with with the intellectual part. It can be a conflict for them even. Like, hey, I don't I don't like what they're doing, but but something attracts me. So these yeah. kind of contradictions 
thing happening a lot, you know, like people will not do this, but they somehow resonate with this, you know. So it does say a lot about the many parts that um, make us. It's not like one specific thing that has to take hold. One second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so but it does happen. I mean, it does happen with um, some people around that um, we have been creating bonds. Um, lately, I share with people who can listen, and it is a whole new interesting thing where we go and we share hacks and. You know, we connect from many different ways, which have very little to do with the intellectual part at all. You know, like there's not even a need for a word. Why should words take over all the time? You know. Mm. Yeah. So, if in in your practice as a Tarzan coach, are very little words exchanged in this experience? It depends on what we are doing and of the group, the, the group dynamic. Mm -hmm. Like if we are in the forest, I will ask for more silence, you know, like mm -hmm. let's ask arise, arrive here, you know. Mm -hmm. Or but also we do we do practice physicality. And for that you need more guidance, you know, a little bit more mm -hmm. of guidance mm -hmm. until you develop your own um like you you reconnect again with your own perception of things. But nowadays it's like, um, we don't want to be an adult, let's say. Yeah. In the sense, not emotionally, we don't want to be emotionally adults. We don't want to be emotionally. Um, um, it's like you want an expert for every other thing. Mm -hmm. To be completely dependent of people or things or so and it's all it's all um how do you say a consequence of the same phenomenon uh, attention you know that the state of mind bring about uh, everything else in place mm. but that attention is difficult to come by so then you see all the phenomena around that's the way I perceive it. That's my, that's my experience too. Like if I don't have it, the condition is pretty much the same of everyone. Mm -hmm. Maybe here is different. There is more white. There is more, you know, brown. Mm -hmm. Because environment, where I am, how I've been grow up, all of this, um, and then I'm vulnerable, as you were mentioning because I also have an identity and if that identity take over, uh, it can be vulnerable. As an identity is already forcing, it's a construction. So if I live by my identity, I will always be vulnerable. And sometimes vulnerability, uh, you know, it really paralyzes just like fear. Mm -hmm. um, you mean like, when people are faced with vulnerability, they can get paralyzed? I mean, think about if you are 
if you are so connected with your identity, um, somebody come and say, hey, uh, you are so stupid, you know, or some insult. Right. And you are, and you feel so overwhelmed with this. Why this person is telling me this? Or, you know, you're so much into understanding the situation. Uh-huh. But uh, the thing is, why in the first place do you actually get to feel like this? Like, um, like talking about humans, you know, why do you experience the things you experience, which are connected to to your identity? Like, if you consider yourself, you're not a stupid person, and somebody come and say, hey, you are stupid, then you take it and all of this, and you make yourself a mess out of this situation because you hold an identity in the first place. Mm-hmm. And in the way you relate to this identity is so much straightforward. So if somebody tells something, you straightforward going to feel something, mm-hmm. you know? Hey, I love you. Then again, same thing. You straightforward, you take the word and you feel things and maybe you lose yourself in that moment and, you know? Yeah. Whatever. So, yes, it's not about canceling emotions or canceling vulnerability and just saying that um, if I'm vulnerable, but that's all I am in that moment because I have attention for nothing else. Well, everything which is connected to vulnerability will be there and I will live at full stand and all the consequence of this will be there Mm -hmm. so i will only after this experience maybe i will only relate with people who tell me nice things Mm -hmm. and never people who tell me (laughs) things that make me feel bad so i will only look for stimulus stimulation uh, great stimulation you see Mm. and maybe this is how it's built all around yeah and would you say our brains are kind of built like that, right? Like our brains are built to find comfort. I don't really have like a, a full understanding of this. Like I, I can only perceive things around. Um, This is part of our nature. Mm. It's not like this is how it is, but this is part for sure. You recognize it, I do recognize it. It's a part. The problem is when it becomes a fool. Mm-hmm. But true, I mean, otherwise, what are we talking about? Like, it is a proof it, you experience in your daily life. We are kind of conditioned to live in that way. And we are doing this. And part of our entire life is about um action reaction all these phenomena that we can recognize and if you can recognize them it's because they are there surrounding mm-hmm. us and you can leave it on your own skin so this is a uh, part of our reality doesn't mean that we are determined to live like this you know mm-hmm. maybe we were to live like this or not is something that we have uh choice or or we can explore you know mm-hmm. yeah, i think I... the other go ahead no i was saying that 
the other the other way around it becomes a problem when you say okay this is what we are and that's it mm -hmm. they are determined to be you see it's like an identification hey we are this aggressive animal okay that's it you close the door and that's what you do now you're going to be an aggressive 24 by 7. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's the black and white thing again <laughs> yes you identify with the color and that's it that's where yeah. you are the color yeah and i would say too <laughs> excuse me i would say too that um there's a part of our brains that seek discomfort because why are we doing why why are we doing all the other stuff why are we why are people drawn to work out and and work with you and be afraid of climbing a tree but push through that fear anyway and why is that interesting to us so there's there like you say there's a there's a lot of different qualities that we have um but to me it's helpful to recognize that my brain will want to seek comfort but also i'm intrigued in the discomfort too it's it's both but but it helps me i think like the way that i was raised as a child and the way that i was conditioned like you talk about conditioning it allows me to have more to to be more self-compassionate to say well my brain is kind of built to seek comfort for survival so i know why that's there it's not just me being bad or me being wrong it's or i i don't have to feel bad about wanting comfort because my brain is built that way um but also i don't want to stay in that 100% because i think discomfort brings me a lot of things that i like in my life and in certain forms so yeah it's it's interesting man like finding finding the right balances and just accepting things for as they are in this life it's it's interesting and i think you're to me you're you're a great example of accepting things as they are um okay how how are you i i don't know if i should ask this question <laughs> but i want to ask you how how are you on time <laughs> is there a time that you need to end this conversation oh i will let you know it's okay, okay. perfect um do you believe in god um what do you mean by belief do you have a relationship with god or a force that's greater than you do you think about forces like god i do not not uh i can feel um I can feel forces here and there, just in us, in when you share with people things, amazing forces that you I can experience. But nothing with the face of eyes and mouth and or hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that specific, no. Okay. How would you describe can you go into more detail about the forces that you do experience? I mean, if you say an emotion or a thought, it is it can be a powerful experience. Um, they're not the same, but um, still 
they both share something. They are special for you. They you recognize them as something strong. Um, in the same way, there are there are other experiences that uh, we I I do experience like I don't know if I when I come along in a tree high up there, when I go inside uh, a wildness animal that I am in somehow. Or when I feel myself um, in some state of mind connected with someone deep down there or up there or inside there, I don't know. Those state of minds are, I don't know, it's like the experience, the life experience in that moment is like, wow, okay, this is quite force, you know, that blink. And perhaps this is all around. You know, and we we enter, but few doors that we see. But maybe it's, it is like this everywhere. And I don't know. That maybe is just a, another shot. But for sure, sometimes when I experience that, it, it does. I do recognize that something amazing. Mm. Cool. Do you think that? we're on this earth for a reason. Do you think there's a greater purpose than just being on this earth physically? I think all of this has to do with time. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Uh, I mean, if you consider time, you will consider all these things alone. You will create the time space line and of course you will create all these uh thoughts about why why are we here for or uh ahead or after or in the present moment i mean all these questions uh can arise from the same way from the same place either somebody asks you one day and you hold the question and uh, or or you elaborate the question by yourself, but I think um, any of these questions are nothing by a question. So I do recognize these questions as the questions they are, mm -hmm. and so the answer is as uh, let's say if I don't if I don't perceive myself. Uh, in this process of trying to ask, answer the question, if I don't do that, if I don't get caught into what are we here for? Like I can imagine these guys in the old times, what are we here for? You know, 100 years asking themselves, mm -hmm. um, so specific thoughts, line of thoughts and this and that. And maybe they don't recognize themselves asking themselves the question. They mm -hmm. don't see more than the. They don't see themselves asking the question. You know. Yeah. As in the end of the question is love. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's like, what is the purpose of life? Right. One question. Let's take one question. Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of life? So, whatever you want, you know, whatever answer you give, is right or wrong which is another judgment 
So you can go in this line of thought forever. Mm -hmm. And you can now with so many people. But it's just a question. Right? Yeah. But That's this it. question, but this question, I ask a lot of my guests this. This question tells me, no, no, no. The answer to this question that my guest gives me tells me so much about them and their personality. Not like I know everything about them after they answer, but it helps me to 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 understand them at on a deeper level, depending on how they answer it. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, after all, people people try to be a book. They create a life like you make a book. You start writing down and writing down and writing down. And then you look at the page that you have writing and the ones that are ahead to write. So, and that's time. So if yeah. you have the, the main structure of your life, you will be always looking back what you have done and looking forward, which is which is uh, the same process, in fact. Mm -hmm. But after all, the process, forward, backward, or writing down, is still the same. Just uh, this imagination and this uh, projection of time. Which is what we do when we are not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome outlook. And so you think, do you think God also has, wondering if there's a God or like having a relationship with God, do you think that also plays into the time aspect? Uh, of course. I mean, yeah. I would not and question God or not, or is it to be or not? Um, the fact is, it is this, uh, so many people uh, drive their life or help them um, to have this, uh, this way of living around an image or a belief and so on. And I think this is part of the picture of the humans. And for some people it does, give a structure to the life just as the same structure that give for some somebody else science you see mm -hmm. so science is another structure it's not belief or it is a belief but it's in a different matter mm -hmm. so so i don't get understand or, or i i don't see that it's easy for people to bring about themselves attention it is not a simple thing and I don't know what is so hard, or perhaps I do, because I also feel the hardness sometimes. But the fact is that attention is not a common uh, thing. Mm -hmm. It's not something that, that uh, one has access too easy. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell, you can't say, hey, we all sleep because we have no attention and we should wake up. No, we don't know what is the uh, what is the mechanism of the brain or our humanity that uh, allows some people to have this attention and the rest not. Right? Yes. So That's and because what... this is go ahead, go ahead. Because this is hard, you cannot consider that this is our first nature. Uh, mm -hmm. Nature. 
you have to consider that that everything is there you know there are many things so you can't just say everyone should have this or everyone should believe or some things help uh, helps some people to and it does not work for others mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally and it, yeah it's interesting you kind of read my mind there because i was i was thinking about yeah the ability for some of us to like you say, you call it attention. I would probably call it consciousness in my brain, in my world. Some people have this ability to be like the third party observer or to some people would, some people have the, the ability to understand what you're saying right now. And some people wouldn't, even if they're speaking the same language, they wouldn't understand what you're saying. Um, and to me, it's fascinating how how some of us can and some of us can't. And yes, everybody learns differently, but the ability for some people to be able to pull themselves out of a situation and question it, that's that's very hard for some people to do. Well, it's probably hard for all of us to do depending on what the topic is, right? But to me, like the ability to pull myself out of a, out of a conversation or out of a line of belief or a construct of belief and question it that is that is a significant level of consciousness and i guess that's how i would that's how i would describe like spirituality or um maybe philosophy or something like you're saying anyway yeah this is this is so interesting I could talk about it with you for a long time, but um, I'll let you off the hook a little bit here because I do want to hear about how you how you have set up um, your business and and how you have set up this practice that you've created. So when did you when did you start? If we can shift here a little bit, when did you start getting interested in being a Tarzan coach? And and I'd just love to hear about how you created that for yourself. Well, it's almost a year now or maybe a little bit more than a year yes it was not this summer the last the one before and we after pandemic i came to barcelona i remember a tree from barcelona and i wanted to come back to that tree it was so such a gentle place to to move around um yes i i did come back to the tree <laughs> which were which was in Barcelona and to some friends also uh, and coming back to these friends and the tree uh, it did create the routine it did create a routine of uh, sharing music sharing food sharing uh, moving around and in that sharing uh, is where I start to to show people how do I move in trees, how do, do I move on the floor, imitating animals. Um, as I was saying before, somebody, but I will have to go out of the park to look for my little bit of money to, you know, to eat and, and this kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, eventually somebody told me, Hey, instead of going out and you know always looking for something else, why don't you leave out of this? You know, put your energy here, 
make a little bit more of a structure of this and yeah keep doing this so you don't have to go out of the park that's amazing <laughs> well, it end up that yeah well it end up the happening um eventually i start to bring more attention just by some like people will pass by and say hey, what are you doing there? this look fun or or oh i do resonate with this what are you doing what is this how is it called usual questions but the thing is they want to join so they did join and started to grow and um, which was was a little bit of concern for the park gardeners or the police when they come sometime <laughs> um yeah and then i start to realize how disconnected people are and how crazy the society is uh, built like uh, a police that tell me uh, trees are part of the mobiliary mobiliary is it mm -mm. like the furniture of the city oh wow so that was like heartbreaking yeah what <laughs> furniture of the city right so, so yeah that's that tell you how much they they interact with tree or they see uh, things out of the structure you know so when it comes to conditioning some people are conditioned far more uh, hard or more deep or more more dense or structure is harder complex um so i start to give classes to individuals and just recently i start with the groups and that brought more attention and a girl who owned this apartment <laughs> where i'm sitting here she is a filmmaker her name is alexia um she did um, make a documentary of the movement she came across and asked me hey i want to do this i i found interesting what you do let's do a collaboration collaboration and she filmed this documentary we should we release it and that opened up like the outside world to, to that brought attention and from there you know newspaper television here and that many other collaborations but we keep training in the park mm -hmm. you just keep so, doing your thing yeah i keep doing my things i i was living on a tree on a hammock so i still living in a hammock Sometimes mm. these days I'm living on a van. On a van, I have a van too, a car. Oh, yeah, yeah. So these days I'm sleeping in the van. It's a little bit more warm than the hammock. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask <laughs> during winter. the winter. Yeah. Yeah. So which is kind of an avoiding these days. So perhaps I'm gonna move closer to the states, mm. the tropical area or some somewhere there. Because mm. that's something else they were they cool wow yeah <laughs> no wait but does it get that cold in spain well that cold is a measure that depends on everyone yeah but for me this is already cold okay and i can feel it also in the way that it does affect us 
we don't want to move so much yeah we, you see mm. so we tend to be in the warm places you know hibernation eating mm -hmm. <laughs> not moving <laughs> comfort <laughs> exactly so yeah okay so you <laughs> might you might move to the states in in a warm spot not to the states uh and not after you told me that everything there is rush <laughs> <laughs> oh man but it's i would be so curious though victor to see what you would think but it totally depends on where you're at because the states are so big you go to southern california people are you would make so many friends there because everyone's uh when i say eccentric i just mean like different than the norm in the states right there are a lot of eccentric people and I'm from Southern California. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I live in Michigan, where I think you would be very curious about the people here because it's cold. It's snowing right now outside, very cold, and people are very structured. They're very um, traditional, I guess. They're, they're very in the norm of the US. But if you go to Southern California, people are willing to see things differently and do things differently, you know? Okay. And what do you think this happened like this? What? I mean, for me, it kind of has to do with the heat. Oh, ooh, that's interesting. That's interesting, man. Like, because they're able to go out and explore more, <laughs> they they become more explorative as a yeah. whole. I mean, that's definitely. Cool. Look at the cultures all around the globe in tropical areas, subtropical, and look at the cultures in the cold places. You know, mm -hmm. you will develop a lot of, uh, you will think about security first and all mm. in a whole area. You will think ahead. You see? Yeah, survival areas, mode. Yes, but also making full, full. Full um, use of your predictions mind. Like you will think to make sure that when it comes to time, you are prepared. Whereas the Caribbean guys, they are drinking and <laughs> dancing, and they don't even care about the next day sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's warm. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. That's I mean, also see here in, in summer, the vibe is you go to the park, you go to the sea, you meet people, mm -hmm. and you're, you physically, you feel like you want to move. You want to do things. Mm -hmm. Even your joints and your warm blood is in a, is in a position to do things, you know? We are not animals with skin, big teeth, or things like that that help in the in the cold places. Mm. So you are not a ready animal without your house in a cold place, without those comforts that you seek. They all have an objective, you know. Without that, you just position yourself in a very vulnerable place. Uh, in this environment, you see. Mm -hmm. So of course you tend to that. Don't you think? 
I do. I think it's, I think it's a fascinating way of seeing things. I think it's a fascinating way of seeing things. But what I'm thinking about now is that there were so many cultures in cold, I'm just thinking of Iceland for some reason, like their history goes back. I mean, everyone's history goes back far, but, but they have kept a lot of history there. And um, like cultures would still kind of thrive in really, really cold areas, right? But they didn't have comforts, I guess. They were, they were, they still had to be outside and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But like, but like a lot of cultures, a lot of people, if you go back way, way back, they're from really cold cultures that would still like make it work, populate, all of that. What's your point? <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud, basically. Like, <laughs> like I was trying to think if cultures from warm areas were thriving more than cultures from cold areas. And I don't know if that's true, but I also think that cultures from cold areas still had to be out just like cultures from warm areas had to be out because they didn't have the comforts that we have now in modern society. Oh, different, yeah, well. different. I mean, yeah, no, but it's different. I mean, in the cold areas, you want to be out for the need and that's it. Then you will look forward to, to conservate your own energy and to keep in the safe place, you know, to be in the safe uh, zone. Where areas in the, where, where there is heat and that heat means everything is okay. Let's go out. No, no time involved, no thinking ahead. Um, we can be here, we can even sleep here, no problem. In a cold place, if you get to sleep, you die. Mm. Nobody see you, you freeze. You see? So you will go out, do your thing, but just keep in mind, bear in mind that you will come back to, say, cave or <laughs> village, mm. whatever the culture, they always come back to the, you know, even the animals does, does even the other animals. You know, and they are far more prepared than us, mm -hmm. physically speaking, to to hold on. So my feeling is that although they were people who were stand to call better than we do, I mean, definitely, I don't stand to call so well at all. No, no. But uh, even there is people who can do face call in a very different way and their approach is even uh, more flexible and you know they enjoy the call you know? mm -hmm. I think when it comes to are you still an animal able to survive um, in those cold places without your home without your you know your stove mm. I mean, if I mind myself in a hammock on a tree right there in your place, it's snowing. Wow. <laughs> I will be next to the fire. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how many feathers sleeping bag I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. 
it's interesting. I was just listening to a podcast um, interviewing. I love survival experts. Uh, but I know survival experts in the North. I actually don't know survival experts that are from warm places, but I, I love being outside and I actually love winter personally. I love the snow. I love winter, but why do I love, well, I, I know that this is kind of on the side of what you're saying. Cause I, I understand, I believe what you're saying, but, um, and I do think that I actually do think that the climate in Southern California does does create a lot of the creativity and creative success that happens in Southern California. And to me, this is revolutionary, this thought that you, that you have presented us with, which is amazing. But I will, I will just make another, um, not really a point, but like, I'll make just another contribution to this conversation. I love winter, but I wouldn't love winter if I had to stay inside all year or all season. I love, I learned to love winter because I go outside I go snowshoeing in the woods. I spend time in nature. It makes every season here awesome. I enjoy it. I think winter is so beautiful. It, it, my, it's like, how do I describe it? For my senses, for my eyes to be able to see the snow is so important to me. And that really benefits my quality of life. So I personally love when it gets cold, but I wouldn't love it unless I was going outside. And that does, that does also challenge my comforts in a way, right? Cause it's cold obviously. And my face gets, my face hurts and my hand hurts, but it makes it so much more enjoyable. And I think a lot of that has to do with getting out and having movement anyway. So I was listening to a guy, a guest on this podcast, it was Joe Rogan's podcast. And uh, I forgot his name, Glenn. He lived in Northern Alaska. So this isn't even, there's no town. It's just straight wilderness. Nobody lives up there. But he went and lived up there, built a cabin and lived off the land completely. He had, he had well, he had a fire. He, um, he cooked over the fire, but he also just ate a lot of raw meat. I also like to eat raw meat. So I was interested in him and which is a lot weirder in the States than Europe eating raw meat. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, so he's telling this story about his life there. He, he kills a moose caribou and eats that. And he's a really fucking happy guy. He's a, he's a happy guy. And I believe that he's a happy guy even after being so secluded and he had his wife and kids there, he made a note that he couldn't just live there alone. He needed some sort of community, but he's a really happy guy. But I believe that it's because even though it's so cold up there all the time, most of the year's winter, it's because he was out doing his thing. Now, I don't know. It, it really just depends on what we see as successful or what we see as ideal, right? Because I'm talking about all of these like cool eccentric people in Southern California and that's amazing. But I also think this guy's amazing in Northern Alaska and he, he's so happy. You can just see it on his face. So it's well, like- we, did, we didn't came to talk about heat uh, because of happiness. Yeah. So how? So 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 what's the? We I were, guess, we were, yeah, yeah. We we're mentioning it uh, just by the fact that it make you move a little bit more. It help you to move. It does 
it does make it to go to, I mean, in the sense that cold, you know, it make a little bit more tough mm -hmm. for us to, to, to have the motivation to move, explore, all these things. Because obviously, not even physically, you don't, you don't feel the same as you do feel when it's warm. You know, so so I just came to the to the to this thought, uh, or this uh, perception that um, maybe cold, maybe I don't react to cold. You know, that's what I'm seeing. I don't react to cold in the same way I react to to, to warm. Uh, physically speaking, and it does affect psychological uh, as well. I mean, in the sense that um, I'm thinking more ahead when it comes to when the cold come you know like oh uh, i need to prepare for how i'm gonna pass how i'm gonna live in this winter maybe i rent a hut or something you know so yeah. i start to generate solutions and use these tools to to create a different scenario which means i'm running out of the experience and it's not, it's not right you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get what yeah. you're saying. I get your what you're saying. Like the yeah, the ability to to not have to think about the future and and be more in the present. Yeah. Yep. Totally. It's interesting, and it's I think it's it that's hard to argue. Like of course it changes our behavior, and I I in my in my mind now I'm thinking like on a always on a philosophical level. I'm like, maybe some people, like the people, like this guy, this Northern Alaskan guy, he's like, fuck no, I would, I would never live in the warm, in the warm climates. And I wonder if like, that's his place to be active. I wonder if some people have like their right climate to be active. Like you have your right climate that feels good for you or that you, or that you want, that you want to go to. He has his right climate that he feels good to and, and and but but again it's like you say you're talking more just about do you want to be prepared like do you want to have to be prepared or not i mean you have to <laughs> if you are in the cold you have to you have no, to you have no to. choice yep yeah yep and uh, um but this completely is completely compatible like we have developed all this um intelligence or this um, that we are able to prepare and function and mm -hmm. you know even be happy like this guy in the god knows hell there. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> i don't even want to remind myself there like wow. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah i do understand him i mean of course yeah why not uh, okay <clears throat> i want to shift again and talk about how quickly your community has grown online because you're saying that you started the Tarzan movement a little over a year ago now? Is that right? Well, but the community has grown in the last two months only. What? You have more than 20,000, more than 19,000 people in your audience. In the last two weeks. What? From the documentary? <laughs> no. No, it has more to do with the uh, 60 second dogs. Oh, 
Wow, man. How, what is your reaction to that? Or how does that feel for you? Or what has it been like to grow a community in such a short amount of time? A grow, not a, I know you had a community before, but to grow to 19,000 people in such a short amount of time. Well, it helped me to understand a uh, few things that I consider very valuable for people. I do share them now, but still perceptions um, because this uh, algorithm is quite, uh, what's the name? In Spanish, it's caprichoso. Uh, how would you call a person that that's something always unexpected. Oh, fickle, maybe fickle. Fickle. Yeah. Like fake. <laughs> uh, no, not like fake. Fickle is like, um, yeah, like you you don't know what's gonna happen next. It's like unreliable. Oh, kind of random would be. Okay. Would, okay. I would say. Okay. Random. So the algorithm for Instagram is kind of random. I feel like, mm -hmm. or perhaps I have no clue how it works. And so I call it run. Right? <laughs> it can be both. Well, the thing is that um, I have been thinking or addressed uh, to think about this um, fast growth and why. I mean, there's so many topics there in 60 second dogs. And when you see all of them, perhaps they reach 100,000 viewers. And then you have my video, 5.0 millions of viewers. And there is only a few videos that reach millions of viewers in their page. Um, what they have in common um, usually have to do with or it is something very distinguishable like uh, original mm -hmm. so, um, you haven't hear about it before right yeah. yeah so there is a video of a woman who delivered five liter five five no a gallon of milk breast milk every day and i was also impacted by that you mm. know yeah so that video so, so that video have like you know 20,000 million of viewers. So I think that content, digital content, success has to do with what people consider original or what do impact people. Um, I That's one thing, you know, that's, uh, that's concerned to um, the algorithm, let's say. But there is also like, I feel that what I do is like you resonate with this because in somehow you was allowed to, to as a child experience this, mm -hmm. you know, many child has the experience to get up in a tree and find their own magic world out there, but many not. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing that I feel like make you resonate or not. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So this also, yeah, so you, you were asking me about my impressions, right? About this uh, big growth, big uh, fast growth. Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with collaborations and oh, my impression has nothing to do with collaboration. <laughs> One second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you look like you're going diving. <laughs> yeah, I am <know>. probably. <laughs> no. um, Emily, um, can you ask me again? Yeah. And I loved where you were going with that answer. I think I, I want to hear about more of that. But I, I just asked you how it felt to have your community grow so much in such a short period of time. And what's what's your reaction been to that? I mean, a community, I would not call it community, but uh, because um, perhaps uh, that word for me in the sense of Maybe, maybe, I don't know. You can call it community because it's a gathering of people looking at one thing. But for me, Instagram was always like a highway, like a highway, uh, how do you say? You know, when you go in the highway and there is this signs, somebody, publicity, is it? In English? No. Uh, I don't know. What? Advertising something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So my way to understand Instagram and somehow is like advertising something in the highway. Mm -hmm. So you will have millions of people driving by. Some will resonate with what the advertising is. They will look after when they arrive home, they will look in the computer. Hey, what about this? And many people will just scroll down mm -hmm. or pass by in the car. Mm -hmm. They will not trigger nothing in them, right? So, yeah, I feel like it's a good feedback, it's a, it's a warm feedback to have so many people. Um, looking forward to listen more, mm -hmm. to see more. Um, so this is one of the one of the feelings that I have, right? Like getting these feedbacks. Just the amount of people tell me that there is so many people out there resonating this content. But there is more than that. More than that is the people who write you back and say, "Hey, I resonate with this." I am in the other side of the world. Please help me to start doing this, mm. right? Or um, um, people like you, for example, no? Mm -hmm. Hey, I have this proposal for you. I do this in, or I do something else for people. And, you know, I want you to be part of this as my guest and, and, so this kind of collaborations is something I, I wasn't expecting at all mm. in general terms. I was dealing more with uh, physical and immediate war and experience. 
And this was more at the beginning like an advertisement in the highway. Mm -hmm. Advertising in the highway. This is what we do. And we do it in that this place, in this place and that time. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing this discover a whole more area that I was considering. And, and somehow it amazed me because it kind of bring so many other things that one cannot expect. Mm. So I really love this, uh, the way it does work in somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it, cool. Is it overwhelming for you? Was it ever overwhelming for you to all of a sudden have so many eyes on you? Well, the only thing is I have to change a few behaviors. <laughs> what behaviors? By... Like, I mean, I used to see whoever followed me. I would go in his profile because I found it very interesting to see uh, what is people doing in general mm. terms with their life, right? Mm. Whoever followed me, I was I was more like, oh, what is this guy profile? What is he interesting about this? What he does? And there was a teacher, and there was a coach, and there was somebody planting flowers, and mm. and those this variety will bring about like attention for me, like. Oh, how does connect uh, a flower grower with the truck mechanic or in mm. the same attention point? No? Mm -hmm. So this uh, phenomenon will cut my attention. But nowadays, uh, I don't think I will go over thousand profiles, <laughs> under profiles, to to check everyone's. So I do go to some people who who raise my attention, but that's it. So that's that's it. There was just a change in behavior. I mean, man, there. So I work in the self development world, right? And I coach people on just how to make their lives feel better. Maybe they want something in their lives, or maybe they want to start their own business. I help them to create what they want in their lives, even if it's like an emotion. If they want to cultivate joy in their lives, I do that very intentionally with people. Like, okay. We want to cultivate joy. Let's focus on it and make sure that it happens for you. Okay. Which is... <laughs> joy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I it probably looks so much different than how you cultivate things in your life or how you go about life. And I'm loving that. I just love our... I love this dynamic in, in this in this time we're having together. Yes. So very, very intentionally, I help people to, um, it's kind of a, not a mathematical process, but it's a, it's quite a structured process where people, they, they figure out what they want and I help them get that thing in some form and feel really good. Just feel better in their lives. Anyway, where was I going with this? Okay. So through what I do, I can, study humans behavior like people's behavior people's different reactions to things uh what they're afraid of what is kind of if they want something but they feel like they can't do it 
I help them figure out why they feel like they can't do it. And it's amazing to see what happens when people work through that belief that they can't do it and the reasoning that they give for not being able to do it. So it's become apparent to me how afraid some people are of success. This was a big part of my life too. I was terrified of success. I was terrified of having a big audience. I was terrified of having clients. I was terrified of anyone paying me. So that's why I'm asking you about if there was any, I don't want to call them negative feelings, but if there were any feelings that didn't feel good when you had this growth in the people that are watching you online and interested in what you're doing online, I think to me, it's fascinating that feelings other than positive feelings can come up when something good happens. Like sometimes when I've gotten the stuff that I've wanted most in my life, I had very conflicting feelings. I had feelings of, oh, maybe I don't deserve this or maybe I'll get this taken away from me or maybe um, this isn't really meant for me or now maybe this comes with this higher responsibility that I don't want. Is this somehow stressful? So that's why I asked you that question. And I'm wondering if, if there was any of that inside of you when this happened. Not really. Like, I, <laughs> like, like um, it's far more simple. Yeah. Um, and somehow it's something that I start. So... So I decide every liter uh, if I want to turn a corner or if I if I don't or if I want to stop. You see, so there is no like a big force over me. And twenty nine, twenty or nineteen thousand people watching content just give me some piece of information. And it gave me some audience, um, but not necessarily pressure. Not maybe I was a little bit overwhelming about commentaries in general, oh. rather or positive or negative or whatever commentaries. So was my action. I delete commentary options. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Or, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So now you cannot comment my videos. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. so good. And soon enough, you will not even put to give heart or like. Really? Yes. Why is that? Because my content is. Uh, I base my content in resonation, as I was saying. So either you resonate or not. This has nothing to do with intellectual thoughts. I don't want debate. You see? I don't need to know what do you think about it. Because I don't want you to tell... I'm not telling you what do I think about it. It's not a conversation what I'm trying to open. You see? Yeah. So... What I want you is to share 
and I found it very useful platform to share, digitally speaking, which is what I consider less limited art, which means uh, it allows you to still feeling emotions and connect better than audios by his own. Mm. You know, videos are quite impressive thing. Videos, it's like everything together. It's the power of an audio, the power of a picture, of a story, of a moment. Oh, it's the most complete art piece, uh, way of communicating. I feel like I at least uh, digital mm -hmm. in the digital way so far. Mm -hmm. You know, now who knows now this metaverse thing that they are creating out there. I know. What, but um yeah so so yeah it's like this i it is my it is my little space in the highway to put um examples of what we do f uh, in real in real places and it allowed me to reach people who are kind of feeling these things day by day in a small moment but they have not yet come to to feel like there is a community for this mm -hmm. or people who does it and they're not afraid of of showing you know or 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 really listen to these drives and um, yeah so it's a good feedback it's a good feedback and also, yeah, the most amazing thing is also the people with uh, generated ideas, generating ideas about this, you know, like mm. people who come and say, hey, let's do this, la, la, la. With mm. What imagination you got there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's a surprise. It's a surprise. It's not like I'm going in a route where, where I know what's going to happen. Uh, it's a full surprise. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And like you say, I think it's very appropriate that your Instagram handle is Tarzan Movement because that's a movement, right? Like you get people to resonate with it and they create something else out of it or they're inspired to do something else. That's a movement. Yeah, I wanted also not to make it personal thing. Yeah. Like... Uh, even the world itself, Tarzan, is is not related to the main of of the character uh, story. Mm. It's related to some particular feeling uh, that I think that is what people resonate with mainly, which is we are animal, but we don't belong, let's say, to that uh, animal life anymore. Mm -hmm. And we are humans, but still we feel we don't belong. We don't belong completely to to this proposed life, mm -hmm. this uh, fast, uh, disconnected life that uh, many uh, live. Right. So that that feeling has a way. I is what I felt when I see Tarzan. You see. He identifies with the animals, but he understands he's not an animal. And then the the other the humans come and he says, Hey, there's something here I related to, but not fully there. Mm -hmm. 
that feeling accompany was accompanying me in all my growth life um is that discomfort with something that is not completely right mm -hmm. you know like contradictions hey this feeling that uh, no 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 why are you trying to do to me why 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 are not feeling like completely open why do i make myself close to to society you know why are we so apart what is this so that feeling always the questioning things and this and that is that i base my uh thousand movement you know thing that's yeah. the main thing yeah yeah Although totally. it's not, not so clear <laughs> no. I like, it i think how you describe it is is exactly what i experienced when i went to your page i had a community member of mine say actually here's the interesting thing and i think this has come to a really beautiful close and we've almost gone two and a half hours here so i really appreciate uh, you being with me for this but i want to say first so i put up a question box on my instagram for controversial podcast guests what are the mm -hmm. controversial podcast guests? Because I want to, now you, you might kind of have a, a taste of who I am. I, I, I want to pick people's brains. I want to figure out who you are. I, I love people thinking differently. It's what we do in our community. We bring up these topics that are really divisive typically, and we bring ourselves together by just being able to talk about them and understand that people's brains work differently. People have different points of view and we can still be friends. I think that that's kind of like my service that I like to give and what I like to build in community. So I want people on this podcast who people may have different opinions about. And I was really surprised when I, I had a couple fans of you um, reach out to me to have you on. And I was like, well, how is this uh, controversial and I think they just really like what you're doing but now hearing kind of how you describe it too I think like you said some people do have this resistance to our, our animalistic side um, and uh, anyway so I, I'm saying this in part because when somebody recommended you I went on your page and immediately after going on your page it resonated with me exactly like you said there was something that just made sense to me I was like yeah I didn't even get how it would how what you're doing would be disagreed upon by other people I just uh, thought it made a lot of sense but <laughs> it does it does yeah it's part, of the... it's part of the what I mean in general terms it does create a, a an opposite effect you know, like, um, I think the, I mean, the very fact that we are part of animals, you know, people don't even consider this in their life. Animals is like something else. Mm. That's kind of crazy when you think what kind of disconnection have bring us about, about to think that we are something else. <laughs> I can't. I've just never thought like that before. I've always thought of us as animals. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I, I always thought we are animals too. 
just mm. just about to see this reaction to me saying that we are animal it's like so <laughs> how the people think they are what they think they are you know right right that's interesting that's very interesting so that's kind of the that's the resistance that you that you see or when you did let people comment on your page and they would comment something shitty to you what was it it was like we're not animals they were trying to say we're not animals or did you have anyone saying like oh are you trying to de-evolve us or something like that oh you are short but you are close all of this for sure and more wow yeah i mean you have all kind of debate you have religious debate you have race debate you have people who just want to express their anger you know to to um, you know, in many ways. So I know the most affected ones are the ones who write me by private. <laughs> because now <laughs> they even go that far. You know? Right. They spend that amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Okay, that's true. I'm completely looking over the whole religious thing. I don't know shit about the Bible. Um, but I did forget that the Bible says that we were put on this earth separately. So, okay, yeah, that, I see that, I see that. Yeah, I mean, from any different point of view, it would be rare. Even if you believe in aliens, you are not an animal. Mm. Yeah, that's the part I don't get. If there's no religious tie, but you still believe that we're not animal. Yeah, it's, that, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating to, again, to see how differently people associate certain topics with what and how they react. It's, it's so different. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I've really enjoyed this conversation, Victor Manuel. Thank you so much for coming on here. And thank you for putting up with my very specific or non-specific questions to you and um, all my logic. And I just had a lot of fun listening to how your brain works. And I think I just, Personally, I really enjoy your energy and I know my audience is going to enjoy this too. And, and your perspective, like I said, your perspective is very unique and it's something that I don't see in the area that I live in. And I'm just really excited to be able to share your voice and how you see the world. And I, I find it really inspiring. Um, so Victor Manuel, uh, Tarzan coach at Tarzan Movement. Tarzan underscore movement on Instagram. Thank you so much for, for being here with me on this podcast. Thank you too. Thank you. Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life I've done that in my life it is my goal it is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well so if you can help me do this I would be so grateful please share this episode share my podcast other people about my podcast share it on Instagram 
I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future. I'm There's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.